Hello, I'm Jason Dick, and this is the CQ on Congress Coronavirus Special Report. We're bringing you daily updates on the policy news you need to know using the reporting prowess of CQ Roll Call. Today is Thursday, May 7th. The numbers are grim. American coronavirus infections show no signs of slowing down. More than 1.2 million Americans have tested positive, and more than 75,000 people have died. Another 3 million people filed unemployment claims last week. That brings the number of people filing such claims in the last seven weeks of the pandemic to nearly 33 million. In some states, one quarter of the working population is without work. Economists predict the monthly job report released on Friday will show numbers not seen since the Great Depression. Tonight, we'll see what the latest is from Congress and from health policy officials. We turn to our regular contributor, Mary Ellen McIntyre, for the latest in health policy news. States that now have large supplies of hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine tablets are considering what to do with them after studies found that they may not be safe and effective to treat the virus caused by COVID-19. Many state health departments are now flush with the pills, which President Donald Trump had initially touted as a potential treatment for the virus. While some of the 28 million tablets shipped by the national stockpile will be used to fuel clinical trials on whether the drug is safe and effective to fight the virus, others will be directed to help patients with lupus and rheumatoid arthritis who depend on the drug and struggle to find it in late March and early April. Meanwhile, congressional health committees held the first hearings in weeks about the response to the pandemic. In a hearing Thursday in the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee, Chairman Lamar Alexander, Republican of Tennessee, said the U.S. needs to be doing tens of millions more tests than the current infrastructure can handle to safely send people back to work and school. National Institutes of Health Director Francis Collins said a Shark Tank-like initiative to develop new testing technologies had taken off faster than anything he's seen in nearly 30 years at the agency, with more than 1,000 applications coming in within eight days. The U.S. is now conducting about 1.8 million tests per week, which has contributed to a higher reported number of cases, but many experts say that it's still below where the U.S. should be to begin safely lifting social and economic restrictions meant to slow the spread of the virus. In a House Appropriations Subcommittee hearing Wednesday, lawmakers considered how to ramp up the nation's testing capacity and weighed lifting the budget caps on spending for some accounts that would protect, detect, and respond to outbreaks like COVID-19. During that hearing, lawmakers on both sides of the aisle lamented that Dr. Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Disease, had not been permitted to testify before the panel after days of back and forth between lawmakers and the White House, which has said that members of the Coronavirus Task Force and their key deputies right now need permission from the White House Chief of Staff to testify on Capitol Hill. Fauci will testify before the Senate Help Committee, led by Alexander, next week, along with other health officials from the Trump administration. CDC Director Robert Redfield, FDA Commissioner Stephen Hahn, and the Assistant Secretary for Health, Brett Jawar. Now to CQ Roll Call's ethics reporter, Chris Marquette, on the politics of the new House Select Committee on the Coronavirus Crisis. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy on Thursday announced his picks for the House Select Committee on the Coronavirus, despite consistently voicing his reservations about the need for the panel. The committee is tasked with overseeing a $2 trillion relief package designed to pull America out of economic despair. The California Republican has repeatedly said previously established oversight components of the relief package are enough. 
and that the select committee is a partisan tool for Democrats to attack President Trump. However, ultimately on Thursday, the Republicans decided that it would be better to appoint members to the committee instead of not having any members at all. McCarthy announced his appointments of Minority Whip Steve Scalise, who will be the Republican uh, ranking member on the committee. Uh, he will be joined by Representatives Jim Jordan of Ohio, Blaine Lukemeyer of Missouri, Jackie Walorski of Indiana, and Mark E. Green of Tennessee. Pelosi named her uh, choices in late April, uh, which include Majority Whip James Clyburn, who's going to chair the panel. McCarthy singled Clyburn uh, and others on the Democratic side out saying, I know what they do politically. That's what always has given me concern about this committee. One of the reasons why McCarthy said that the coronavirus select committee established by Speaker Pelosi was redundant is because there's already a congressional oversight commission, uh, which oversees uh, the federal lending part of the CARES Act, in which Pelosi and McCarthy each already appointed a House selection. Pelosi chose uh, Florida Rep Donna Shalala, and McCarthy chose Arkansas Rep French Hill. So ultimately, at the end of the day, McCarthy and, and his, his fellow Republicans made the choice that it would be better to have a group of Republicans to have a say in this committee than to not have any representation at all. That's our CQ on Congress coronavirus special report for today. For all of us in the CQ Roll Call newsroom, I'm Jason Dick. <laughs>